Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode 72. Be careful drawing dolphins. Welcome to Episode 72 of the Nut Nerd Podcast. I am Nate Heath, and I am here with Mr. Dave Baylor. In full glory. Yes. I'm wearing my... Um, my full-on Portland outfit tonight. Yeah, I was going to say your hipster flannel there. Yeah, and I had my little flat hat on earlier. It's too hot in here in the studio, so I, I took it off. Yes. And that's not all. It does probably... get warm when all this tech is being talked about, because <laughs> that's, that's right. what we do here on the Not Nerd podcast. we got some good stories to go through. Uh, we're still reeling from that awesome retro episode we had last week. <laughs> that was so good. We should just make a retro tech podcast to go with our long yes. list of podcasts. Pod, new podcasts that we're going to start. Do you even remember some of those that we talked about? I have some notes of some of them somewhere yeah. uh, that I wanted to start, but not all of them, which is what, uh, which is frustrating because we had some real gems in there. We in did. the last 71 episodes, we've come up with some great ideas for uh, expanding our podcast universe. But this podcast, all about talking about tech. What's going on in tech? How to use tech better? Uh, so hopefully you will be able to tech better uh, as a result of this show, and then you'll share it with your friends. I'm hoping to do. Ju- oh, okay. I, <laughs> yes. I thought you were the still royal talking. you. I thought you were still talking to me, <laughs> but I do need a tech better because every day I'm, I'm learning something new. Uh, this is true, and we spend way too long before we start recording talking about how we're trying to tech better, and we should just be sharing it with you guys. Uh, some follow-up this week. You, just in our uh, Slack app where we track our stuff we want to talk about on the show, yeah. you posted a picture about the Yahoo Mail app. There was an update for it. And what were the new features? Oh, boy. We know how much you hate Yahoo. You deleted your whole Yahoo account. They breached, what, close to a billion um Usernames and passwords and email addresses over the last uh, several years, their security has been in question, but Mm -hmm. they just updated their email app so that you can do what, Dave? Well, the wonderful thing that you can do now is it now can integrate with Gmail, Outlook, and AOL. So not only can you breach all of your Yahoo email and contacts, you can pollute all of your other email services. So you can use the Yahoo Mail app for iOS and probably other platforms and connect them to Gmail outlook. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, you should not do this. Do not use the Yahoo mail app for Gmail or for outlook or anything else. You should use those services applications because we know the track record for Yahoo and it's not very good. Yeah. They do give you a terabyte of free storage though. Storage that that they're going to share with everybody. It's like you might as well just uh, bite the bullet and pay for your own storage. Do not, do not fall for this. Yahoo is terrible. They need to go away. I was pretty surprised when you posted that 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 was actually something as a new update just this last week that they were very excited to promote to people (laughs) that you can now use more email addresses with the most. Uh, leaking service yeah. of all time. Well, it's kind of a last grasp, right? Because ultimately they would want you to use their email service. But since it's been breached and yeah. tarnished, they're like, hey. They're like, nobody's using our email anymore. <laughs> you might as well use our great app for yeah. Gmail. Uh, and, and it's probably fine in all honesty. 
and their app is not terrible. It's their security is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not their services or products. It's their security is awful. And there's plenty of other good email apps like the, uh, I use the Gmail app on my mm-hmm. phone. It works really very like nicely. Um, oh, speaking of follow up, and we don't have our Aki dual USB port uh, video up yet <laughs> from Dave. So that it's means coming. you can still enter with a <laughs> screenshot. And I actually went through. They're and- going to have the three port out by the time I get yes. my video done. I did a huge refresh of my home screen and the app layout. Wow, it looks very nice. Um, and I don't know if I have a good screenshot of the old one, but I really um, I really thought through, like we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago now, about um, what apps I'm actually using Yeah. and how it makes sense to have them laid out so the stuff I need the quickest, um, I can get to it. Now, the one thing I'm still having an adjustment with yeah. is I took both the camera app, which was my lower left mm-hmm. quick trigger, I took that off, and I took the photos app off. And you're going to use them both for, with a swipe up control yes, panel into the control center. Control There's center, the, but it's it's a couple extra steps to get to my photos because often I'll want to go into my photos and I know I have something there that I want to edit and then share somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's taking a couple extra steps, but I think as I change that habit of how I used to do it. Um, and I'm still getting used to, uh, one of the big things I did too, is I talked about that I hold my phone most of the time with my left hand. Mm -hmm. And so my thumb most easily can hit the very bottom left of the screen where I used to have the phone app, which we discussed. I don't like the phone app, but I can't (laughs) hide it because then I won't, uh, ever have any business to do. (laughs) And so I moved that over to the right and Safari next to that. And then downcast my the podcast player use yeah. that because that's the app i go to the most that's now my bottom left but i keep clicking on phone thinking that it's going to be my um i couldn't tell podcast if you, app, i couldn't tell if habit. you were talking about in your dock or I just oh yeah that's about, in the dock yeah um above that i've got my social media then above that settings and email um well, app store above that I was kind of smiling when you started talking about this because in true fashion, I just kind of did a half effort. Yes. And I, I rearranged my icons kind of by color on the front. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> that's all I really accomplished. That's m- most important. Yeah. is by color. Nice. My, my daughter noticed, she's like, did you arrange your, your apps by color? And I'm like, yeah, kind of, I'm supposed to be kind of, you know, paring down some stuff and organizing. That's as far as I got. But, um, I, I do, However, I do occasionally download and clean up a few things. Like yeah. today, I re-downloaded Scannable because I was working with Evernote today doing some reorganization using a tag method that, that completely broke our show notes <laughs> system. Um, so I'll do things like that and uh, reevaluate: do I want to use this app or not? And then I'll delete. So I'm kind of constantly cleaning up and rearranging, but I would like to, you know, finalize on like five categories, four categories, eight categories, and just put everything in folders and just be done with it. Yeah. Cause I mean, really, so on the iPhone seven plus I can have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times four, 28. Uh, there are 28 spaces, uh, on my home screen, including the dock. Um, and there's not 28, apps that I use on a daily basis. So you might be surprised trying to think. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out. 
how often am I having to swipe off of the front page? And there's a couple that I am doing that often with. So it's like, well, can I make room for those on the first page? Um, so yeah, if you want to listen to more discussion on that, go back to the sp spring cleaning episode, but also take a screenshot of your home screen, post it on our Facebook uh, for that spring cleaning episode and uh, get a chance to win a prize. So next up, speaking of apps, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to, the parties will remain anonymous. Okay. Um, but this weekend I experienced something that would be very frightening for a parent. Mm. Um, their child is often distracted with a mobile device. Uh -huh. uh, I hear parents are doing that these days. How old is this child? Uh, like three, four-year-old range. Oh, I was, okay. That's yeah. pretty young. Yeah. Uh, hey, Isla, she can manipulate my Apple Watch. You have not been around parents with young children because that's how they distract their children. Anyways, uh, he's sitting there playing games. He or she is sitting there playing games on the phone mm -hmm. and or maybe even the tablet. They have a couple different devices. And the father is checking his email and he's like, wait a second. Why is it who? Why is there an app purchase? Mm. And uh, he's like, hold on, hold on. What's going on here? So there's a couple. It was it was on the Amazon Fire tablet, which okay. we've talked about before. Yeah, which is great he, for kids. He had some emails coming through from Amazon saying some apps were being purchased, which even if it's a free app, you'll get like an email or something, a mm -hmm. notification. Uh, so a little bit of baby tech here or <laughs> child tech. Um, they... Had parental controls set up on this, had uh, their child with his own profile. Yeah. I let that one out of the bag. It okay. was a boy. Okay. Um, but somehow that had gotten switched, and he had been able to get in and get a couple apps. <laughs> and one of these apps, these jerks, uh, it's called Red5. Got a link in the show notes. I'll put a link on there so you can see. Um, oh, it looks like maybe they've taken it off. Yeah, the app didn't work for me. Um, but this app was, so it was a ball game, a red ball. Okay. What would you pay, Dave? For a ball a, game. A ball game, number five. So it was implied that it was the fifth in a series of kind of one of these roll a ball around, yeah. do something. I'm going to say $1.99 would be a fair price for a fun ball type game. Well, you have your digits right, but mm -hmm. you have your decimal place in the wrong spot. Was it nineteen ninety or is no. it one hundred and ninety nine dollars? One hundred and ninety nine dollars for oh this ash. And so he had, you know, he was just going in and clicking, "Hey, I want to play this game." One hundred ninety nine dollars charged to the account, and then there was a couple other like dollar ones. I thought it was maybe an in app purchase where it was yeah. like, "Hey, buy the big bucket of red balls for one hundred ninety nine dollars," yeah. but it actually purchased. So luckily <laughs> father had been looking at his email mm -hmm. and noticed this. Um, and he's like, what do I do? Cause that's 200 bucks. Yeah. And, uh, so I got on his phone I'm like clicking links through Amazon, trying to find the right spot and actually found a phone number to contact them. Mm. And he called them and he was able to get it reversed. Wow. But I think a lot of that was because it was within, I think there's some actual, I don't know if they're laws or what, but within so long you can actually yeah. get a refund it's because so many parents, 12 hours, 24 um, hours or something. But this, this app 
its sole use. And there was only three reviews on Amazon for it Mm -hmm. saying, this is a scam. My kid bought this for $199 and it was only a megabyte file. So it wasn't, I don't even think it was a real game. It was just like an empty app that somebody had gotten into the Amazon store. So how did they game the system to get it to the number five spot on Amazon's list? Well, it was just Red Ball 5. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was interpreting that as it was uh, Oh, on yes, the list. yes. No. So, so it how was... How did the kid even find it, though? But I, I mean, think it was a related game because oh. everybody plays Red Ball 1 through 4. Ah. And so he probably was just like, I like the Red Ball games. I'm going to play this Red Ball game. <laughs> and uh, so luckily they were able to get a refund. But that is wow. a good reminder, parents. One, make sure that you, if you are not using parental controls on devices that your kids have any sort of access to, Mm -hmm. um, do that immediately, figure out how to do it. Uh, And if it's something like this, like don't even have, so somehow it got switched. Turn off the store. Yeah. Yeah. Turn off the store, take out the credit card, whatever it is, uh, sign out from the Amazon account. Mm -hmm. uh, Because that is not something that most people want to uh, see is $200 $200 for a scam. Well, and this is an advantage of the way that I have it set up in my household. And we've talked about it numerous times. Each of our family members have their own iCloud account, but we share an iTunes store account or an app store account. I mm-hmm. more accurate. That way, if anyone tries to make a purchase or wants to make a purchase, typically it will force them to enter a password, which I'm the only person who knows the password. They have to come to me to download these things. Now, it'll let them install free apps. Occasionally, I'll see, you know, like a Barbie princess app or something like that. And I'm like, Sam, why are you? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was Val. You're a teenage boy. Why are you (laughs) downloading Barbie princess apps? But to each his own, I guess. To each his own. I will not. I'm not here to judge. But the free ones, it'll let through. But once, especially ones that are 199, it would not. It would would force me to enter a password. Um, and it does look, I'm doing a search on Amazon. It looks like this game has been pulled. I it's didn't been see a date. I wish I would like screenshotted the game information or something, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't think it'd be pulled. So it must have been a perfect storm where this game snuck onto the Amazon store yep. and this whole thing happened to to go through. But just a good reminder for parents there. Yep. Um, Thank you. Another piece of follow-up. We talked about the Samsung Galaxy S8 mm-hmm. and the S8 Plus, their new Samsung's new flagship phones. They were uh, with the Infinity screen, and uh, they were released last Friday, I think, was the official launch date. The Infinity them. screen, now with more screen to scratch. Yes. More screen everywhere. Uh, so everybody came out with their reviews last week, all the major tech sites, and people started getting them on Friday. So there's been a lot of converse- conversation about it. There is one video I will link to in the show notes because it doesn't do a lot of good to talk through it. But uh, this guy, a pretty impressive video. He took five, the five top smartphones, the iPhone 7, uh, the HTC one four, whatever their newest one is, the Samsung Galaxy S8, the LG uh, G6, and the Google Pixel. So the five premier smartphones right. that are probably in the US, you know, 90, if you're looking for a good phone, 95% of the sales are going to be these five phones. Did a bunch of speed tests, did app loading, all this different stuff. The iPhone blew them all out of the water. It was pretty interesting to see how slow some of the phones 
where the HTC phone is the cheapest. It's actually, I think, around $400 compared to the other ones are all over or around $700. Mm-hmm. And it didn't perform that uh, badly compared to the other Android phones. So he was kind of saying that that would be a good one to go with yeah. if you were going to go Android. But even with the iPhone being you know, close to, well, it's six yep. months, seven months old now, the yeah. iPhone 7, that it still did better than the brand new Samsung that's supposed to be the best thing ever performance-wise. And there was a couple articles this week, Renee Ritchie over at iMore, mm-hmm. which has a lot of informative stuff he was kind of talking about and something that I know you've talked about, Dave, before with Apple's control and some of the stuff that they did with their 64-bit architecture Mm -hmm. of their chips and manufacturing their own chips. Because all these other phones, I think they're all using the same chip. It's a Snapdragon 835. So they're all using the same chip, whereas Apple can specifically Mm -hmm. design a chip for what they want. And I think it was, I, I may be wrong, but I think it was the guy from Qualcomm, the CEO. This was back when they... Apple first released the 64-bit chip. Yeah, he was saying that Apple had a two-year lead in chip development over every every yeah. other manufacturer, and we're seeing that still. I just want to read the synopsis on that article that you posted. Yes. It says, and I quote: "Apple's lead in mobile performance, powered by the efficiency of iOS 10 and the computational speed of its custom A10 Fusion application processor." beats the newest leading premium Androids in a wide range of tests from processor and 3D benchmarks to real-world device startup and app launching and multitasking. Not even 6 gigs of RAM and the extra cores of Qualcomm's fastest Snapdragon 835 can prop up the laggard, inefficient Android OS. So a lot... This article is insinuating that a lot of the issue is not with the processors, but the Android operating system. Well, and then especially... In hearing a lot of people discuss their reviews and their feelings on the S8, one of the things that I always hear with Samsung devices is they say it's a lot less crappier than it's been in the past because Samsung <laughs> what likes a ringing to, endorsement. Yeah, Samsung likes to create their own apps, mm-hmm. but then Android also has all the default apps. So there's two messaging apps to camera apps to Mm -hmm. uh, email apps, all these apps, Samsung has their own one. They did say that they have now turned off a lot of the features that nobody really wants to use, kind of a lot of the gimmicky type stuff. So it's it's better than it has been, but Mm -hmm. it still has a lot of issues. The biggest complaint, everybody says the screen is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, The camera is great. You know, any of the five phones, any of these flagship phones are going to have a great camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the one thing that everybody talks about, the fingerprint sensor on the back is directly next to the camera. Yeah. And everybody I've heard says, I always put my finger right on the camera first before I find the fingerprint sensor. Mm -hmm. And so every single time you're trying to unlock your phone, you are smudging your camera lens, Yeah, uh, which I, I do not. Well, I, the one thing I heard that would make sense as to why they put the fingerprint sensor and the camera next to each other is because a lot of the fingerprint sensor stuff relies on camera like techniques. 
So they, having those right next to each other, the camera and the fingerprint sensor, allows to put some of that technology closer together they, in the phone. Well, they could probably build one unit that, yes. that encompasses both of those technologies in one piece. Yes, so you just have to have the one piece on the back instead of having it, like the Pixel has the camera at the top and the mm -hmm. fingerprint sensor like dead in the middle. There are some rumors. There, Trust me, people, all the iPhone 8 Oh, for some reason, everybody thinks it's going to be called the iPhone 8. Yeah. Any rumors that you're hearing at this point, don't trust them. A lot of people this last week were saying that Apple is going to put the fingerprint sensor on the back uh, because they can't get it on the front. I know that they would not put it directly next to the camera if they put it on the no. back, but I really hope they don't because there is a lot of times where my phone is laying on a table mm -hmm. and I just want to put my finger on it like I'm doing now and have it unlock and go to my home screen instead of having to pick it up, feel for where the, I, I could see is. getting used to it, yeah. but I have a strong preference for having it on the front. Well, one of my theories is, is one of the mock-ups shows an elongated power button on the typically the right side of oh, the newer phones. Yeah. Maybe there's some fingerprint tech built into that elongated button so that you just slide your finger on the side. Oh, okay. So that's, I, yeah, that's an they're, idea. They're saying like Samsung that they're going to try to get as rid of as much bezel as possible so that mm -hmm. it's all screen. And so that's why you would lose the traditional home button that we've had on the iPhone. Yeah. And you know what? The bezels are fine. They protect the screen. They are, provide a surface for you to hold on to when you're yeah. playing video games or you're surfing the web or interacting with applications. Having no bezel at all really does not make a, a better device. Yeah. And they say because you can cram more screen into a smaller device, I don't think we need bigger. Like I have the iPhone 7 Plus. I don't mm -hmm. think we're at a point where we need bigger screens than that. I it's think we've kind of gotten to a good large screen size that's like going to still medium. be portable enough to carry around with you all the time. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm way more productive since I've got my 6S Plus just yeah. you know, weeks ago. Much more productive. I can do email better. I can surf the web better. Yeah. Look at Reddit better. Yes. All those things that are really productive, highly productive yeah. things I do, I can do them faster. Yeah. We'll see what happens when the new iPhone is released. I. It's frustrating to me that Everybody talks, and again, it's all, it's bubble talk. Everybody talks, well, we, if the iPhone doesn't get rid of the bezels, it's worthless. And it's like, design for the sake of design. I actually either read or listened to a review. I'm going to misquote it a little bit. It was like, the the person had said, we've suffered through the same design of the iPhone for three generations now. And I'm like, suffered? Yeah. You've suffered through the design? It's like you have a comb uh, that hasn't changed in 300 years. Have yeah. you suffered through the design yeah. of this comb? And it's honestly, it's been a rounded rectangle since the very first phone. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just thought the choice of words were funny that they've suffered. This person felt that they had suffered through this design. Well, and that's a good reminder. One of the problems with the tech media is they make their living off having news and change. If Apple releases another phone that's the same design, they can talk crap about it, mm -hmm. but they won't have anything new to talk about. And so then their jobs are in jeopardy yeah, because well, they I, really, there's way too many, there are way too many tech writers and these big organizations that keep, they're trying to grow. They mm -hmm. have all these investors. And so they have all this pressure to keep writing stuff and keep getting people to the website to 
see that load the ads yeah, well, and all this stuff. I'll tell you, I would take, I would take software development features over any design at all. If they decided to keep the iPhone seven exactly the same way it is and just make the software better and more configurable, they could keep this design for the next yeah. 10 years. I don't care yeah. because it's, almost gone to its maximum. Yeah. I mean, sure, you can tweak the design a little bit. You can change. You can make it, instead of a chamfered edge, you can make it a rounded edge or whatever. It adds no functionality to the phone. Yeah. I want to be able to rearrange my icons and have blank spaces. I mean, that is yeah. a simple thing. I want to be able to use iCloud Drive and move my files from one folder to another. You can't do that in yeah. an easy way. There are a lot of software refinements that I would just bend over backwards for. Yeah. over any type of hardware design. But and it's not a direct correlation of design or hardware and software because they're different teams. But sure. I understand what you're saying where it's like, give me more software. And I heard somebody yesterday on the Twit This Week in Tech podcast, which mm -hmm. has a ton of listeners, very popular. And he was like, the iPhone 7 is no different than the iPhone 6. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They've gone changed. over this before. Yes. The water resistance alone is such a major improvement. The camera, the, speaker, the dual camera on the, the 7 enhancement. Plus. Yeah, it's, the list is long. But again, these people that write about tech, they need visible change that they can write about, yeah. that they can, you know, show. It's, and it, it, it's, almost, it's almost petty. It's like if they is. can't look past some of the physical characteristics that aren't just crazily different, like no. this new infinity screen and all these changes then they're not looking hard enough. You know? No, they, they get lost in the narrative and they hear a couple important people say, oh, the iPhone hasn't changed. And so they feel like they have to go with it. And it's, uh, you know, we, we lean on the Apple fanboy side, but mm -hmm. with anything, I'll look at it objectively and say, you know, if the ne next iPhone comes out and it's, you know, a triangle, <laughs> I, I'm going to, you're going to have to do a real good job yeah. of convincing me. I need that. I'm, gonna look at it practically i just think that apple does a really good job with the stuff they do yep uh move on to some quick takes speaking of stuff apple does uh earth day was saturday and everybody likes to get involved in that and companies like to you know jump on the bandwagon and kind of release what they're doing uh apple did some great little videos kind of talking about some of the stuff they do they have a guy a guy whose job it is to make fake sweat what? So that they can test how bodies are going to react to their devices and different Yowza. parts and, uh, you know, all their recycling stuff that they do. But there was actually a very interesting podcast episode. We've talked before about the talk show, mm -hmm. which is a podcast, podcast with John Gruber. Well, he had just kind of out of nowhere, I think it might have been his second episode of the week, which he is lucky if he gets one yeah. out a week. And he's lucky if they're under four hours. Yes. Too. So out of nowhere, he releases another episode last week. He usually does one like every two weeks, but he had one earlier in the week. And then right. on Saturday, this one pops up on my phone or maybe Friday, but it was Lisa Jackson, who is Apple's vice president of environment policy and social initiatives. Wow. So a lot of the feel good stuff That's for Apple. Uh, and I'm pretty sure she's been with the company for a long time, but they had a great discussion about the stuff that Apple's doing about their new Apple park campus and the solar energy. They came out with a new commitment that their goal is to not only be using renewable energy, but they want to stop mining. They want to use renewable 
materials. Yeah, all recycled materials and all their products. The funny part about that was I read I read some of it, and they don't know how they're going to accomplish it yet. Yeah, but they're that's their goal, and, and that's a lofty goal. It's well, and it is lofty because as as time goes forward, there are more and more people who are born and less people who die. So the population is going up and those people are one day going to want to buy Apple products. And so yeah. the demand will increase. How are they going to be able to maintain that? It's going to yeah. be interesting because pro- how many products do you have sitting around here that have not been recycled, disassembled and remolded into yeah. new devices? Uh, there are tons laying around. There's stuff in landfills yeah. all over the place. And so it'll be interesting to see how they're going to accomplish this. And she did, she brought that up as one of the big issues is mm-hmm. getting stuff back into their system because exactly what you're saying. She discussed that. Uh, they talked about their paper products, how they have put a huge focus. I mean, think back 10 years packaging for mm-hmm. any electronics or anything. You'd go to the store. It was this huge plastic bubble pack that was like, you go to Costco and it's like a four, yeah. four foot by two foot plastic pack for a SD card. Yeah. And now she was talking about with Apple's packaging, they're constantly trying to figure out how they can minimalize, use paper that's easily recycled, get rid of mm-hmm. plastics. And they actually are using, I forget what, she said, "I a hundred billion acres of forest in mm-hmm. China. You know, whatever it is, not that big, but they're actually they have renewable right. paper farms, basically in yep. China, where these this these came up last forests, year. Forests, mm-hmm. yeah, where they're um, you know basically making sure that they're not these forests are being replenished, which." Right. China has huge pollution problems and huge deforestation with all the growth yeah. they've had. So they basically buy a forest yes. and then they use the the products there. And whether it's like they trade carbon credits and all that stuff, whether the paper actually comes from those trees, yes. but they are being responsible yeah. people. I, I just don't know how this can be accomplished because I'm, as I'm sitting here thinking and I'm not an economist or a logistic person at all, but if, even if they, bring in waste and recycled materials from other parts of the world, other industries, and they capture all of those uh, that would have just gone into landfills or into other products. They capture all those. Well, now there's a void for recycled materials because Apple's using them all. And so if someone else wants to make uh, new devices, they're going to have to go mine the materials to produce more. And so it just seems like it's kind of shifting, shifting the the stuff around. I don't know if it's actually going to cause mining to decrease decrease so we'll see i mean that's the big picture as a as a percentage hopefully it would decrease as the total production of electronic products if they're doing as much as they can and the other thing she was talking about is it's not only like what apple does in their apple park campus they look and they put these pressures on their entire supply chain yeah so every component they get everybody they want the whole supply chain to be sustainable. And Apple is one of the biggest, if not the largest companies in the world, especially in the electronic space Mm -hmm. and a leader in kind of moving things forward, a good reputation of that. Uh, Them setting a lot of these standards is going to put pressures on your Samsungs Mm -hmm. and, you know, your Googles to be able to do, have them do this kind of stuff or else they're not going to look very good in those environmental reports. It's really fortunate that we have a company that is this big and powerful that has people at the helm who think about moral impact. Yes. We could have very easily had a company rise to power 
that didn't care about any of this stuff. That just, did not have a vice president of environment policy and social <laughs> initiatives. Yeah. They just, you know, they don't care. They vice just vice president of partying and right. debauchery. Right. Um, <laughs> so it, it, I just brought up Google, but Google came out with this new, one of their new projects. It's called auto draw. Did you see this, Dave? I did see this, and I'm thinking, what would I use this for? But please explain. I don't know. So it's part of their kind of machine learning uh, initiatives that they're doing. And it's one of the things I was realizing. All of these companies, they're just trying to get as much data as possible for whatever comes next. But so the idea between AutoDraw is that you use this app and you start drawing whatever you want, and then it gives you basically an auto search it based prompts. on what it thinks that you're drawing. So if you, you know, start roughly drawing a bicycle, it's going to give you a bicycle, motorcycle, maybe it'll think it's eyeglasses because you did two round things, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, lightning, it's going to give you different options. Now, in my mind, being a little critical of this type of thing, all this is is a clip art search. It's base. It's basically instead of typing in a word with tags, yeah. it's, it's a visual recognition and it's doing a clip up or search. And I would not be surprised if this isn't tied into the thing that we heard about from them that will allow you to take a very grainy out of focus picture and it will find a matching picture on the internet. And yeah. it, um, it's, this is for like security cam footages. You know, you're always watching these crime shows. Enhance. They're like, Enhance. Enhance. and it's Enhance. like this perfect they HD. zoom in <laughs> like 200 times and it's yeah. pixel perfect. Someone's reflection on somebody's glasses <laughs> yeah. on, on a side of a bus or something At like midnight. that. Yeah. So it's, it's like that it determines what the image probably look like and then finds a bunch of matches and then, uh, goes from there. This is very similar, yeah. It, but it's doing it with line art instead of photographs. But my guess is it's the same technology. It's not real helpful. It's <laughs> not helpful for me because I'm just going to go to Google and search for and you don't dolphin dra- clip art. You don't draw a lot. No, I, I do not draw a lot. You do photoshops. Yes, yeah. I do do. I do do photoshops. <laughs> you said do do. I don't do 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 photoshops though. But yeah, so I... Again, it's helping them get information, like you're saying, to be able to help people search better, mm-hmm. better guess what people are trying to do with something. Yeah. So it's given them a lot of information to help them, which uh, is something with Google. They give you a lot of free stuff so that they can get a lot of information out of it. Something fun to try. It's yeah. basically like you're playing Pictionary with Google. So you can look yeah. at that way. And if you're a kid, you know, learning how to draw, you could kind of click on it and then see what a better way to draw that would be. Well, this animated GIF that's going by on my screen, I'm hoping yif? that if... Was that a YIF? <laughs> I didn't hear yeah, you there. It's, it sounds like YIF. I would be scared to draw the dolphin because I'm not sure what would pop up on yes. the list of... Hopefully uh, it's a safe search yeah. accessible feature because uh, it did pop up lipstick when they're trying to draw the dolphin as well. Okay. Uh, next story, this uh, Coachella, the huge music festival that happens down Indio, California, which is out Palm Springs, Palm Desert mm. area, Okay. Uh, out Death Valley direction. My daughter was talking about Coachella the other day. She's 15, and she's like, me and my friend want to go to that. 
when we're older or whatever. And yeah. Of course, I didn't hear the older part. And I'm like, uh, you're not going to that. <laughs> you are not. She's like, when we're older, like 18. Yes. And, like, well, and it's really become a, I mean, it's a huge thing now and it sells out in minutes and they get these huge bands. But anyways, somebody took advantage of this situation and went and started stealing everybody's cell phones from them. That's what I would uh, Yeah, I mean... That, how terrible. <laughs> how terrible. Because you're in this big, sweaty mass of people, and everybody's just... They're jumping around, listening to music, and yeah. not paying attention. So some guy decided that he was going to make the most of this, and he I, he had a 100 <laughs> devices when they caught him. Somebody tracked him down with uh, Find My iPhone, Yeah, and they tracked this guy down, and they were able to... The security was able to detain him and tell the police, and they wow. had all the phones... They were all dusty and like sweaty. All the phones yeah. spread out on the table, <laughs> but but that's a that's a good story. Yeah, they were able to catch this guy and return all the phones. And yes, so that's great. Yes, it's because people are going to be bad, but uh, that's why Apple and Google as well. Android has some of that type of stuff to help recover when people are bad. And Coachella, another, I think we might have said last year, they stream like the whole concert. Now, they do it for two weekends with the same lineup. Okay. That's how big it is. But they stream the whole thing like in 360 now. And I heard somebody say on a podcast, yeah, yeah, I went for the last five or six years, but man, it sure was nice sitting in my air-conditioned couch watching it yeah. all on my big screen you get and better, not dealing with the crowds. and Better sound, better angles, better, yes. no crowds. Uh, next story, Apple, oh, man, they're I heard just it so great. Yeah. What's so, what are they doing now? They're giving us a bunch of apps for free. I love it. Yeah. So iMovie, GarageBand, uh, Pages, work, Sheets, is there, no. No, that's Google. Google. Yeah. It's, numbers. It's, it's Pages, page. Numbers, Keynote. Right. And I wish they were giving away like Final Cut Pro. And well, some of those yes. But yeah. A few years ago, they actually started giving these applications away for free, but you could only download them from the App Store if you purchased a, a computer that was new enough to have gotten those for free. So yeah. it, it's kind it of complicated. Was, yeah. But if you had a computer that was purchased or at least released before they started giving the apps away for free, you could not download them. And so it, it was kind of crazy uh, how it worked. There were, there were people that I knew that were like, oh, I thought these were free. I can't download it. I was like, well, you're like on a 2009 MacBook, and they didn't start doing this till like 2015 yeah. or whatever. So you don't qualify unless you have a newer machine, yada, yada, yada. So it was kind of complicated, but now they're free for everyone. Yeah. And anybody can just download them. Yeah, which just makes it easier for It everybody. should have been that and way to begin with. I think they charged, what, 10 10 bucks for these apps. So it wasn't initially, like, yeah. it wasn't a big money maker for them because people before the cutoff, a lot of them weren't spending the money. So I'm sure it was, you know, they're making a couple thousand dollars on these every year. And they're like, <laughs> why are we bothering with charging yeah. for these? It's costing more to hire the accountant to yeah. look at the numbers. And it's, it's great for them because it does get you into the ecosystem. They're great apps. I enjoy using them. Uh, Dave doesn't because he likes his mm. pro, fancy, smanchy, expensive stuff. No, I, I tend to like the Google uh, Office products better. Yes. Apple's products are very much in alignment with single users using the products by themselves in their own little bubble. Yeah. But anytime you want to do more, like share something with a friend or do something in a collaborative environment like at work, they just fall apart and they're not 
they have had, been working on improving that. Yeah, they they've have. done a lot because it used to be nothing. You had no but collaboration, Google, so they've added that in. But Google's the king of it. They've been doing it for like 15 years, yeah. and they've got a rock solid, and, those, and the Google apps keep getting better and better. So I don't mean to derail the Apple fanfare with, with Google products, but if you are an Apple user... And you don't have you didn't have access to these applications. Well, now you do. You can download yep. them. They are great apps, like I said, like Nate said, but they do have some limitations. But we hope that Apple keeps developing them and making them better. And I like them because they are easy to use to make great looking stuff. Yeah, the Google stuff's good for collaboration, but as far as making pretty documents, yes, uh, not as strong there. Uh, Another free thing. This is free week on the Woo-hoo. Not Nerd podcast, mostly free. So Steve Ballmer, yeah, the fun-loving, <laughs> crazy, uh, previous CEO of Microsoft. Yeah. Oh man, he's and now he is the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers, the NBA team. Oh, is that and, a recent thing? Uh, last couple of years. Okay. And so he is he is taking that energy to the Clippers. Well. He's also taken that energy to facts. <laughs> he announced this last week. He's been working the last couple of years with some top economists and professors and all these yeah. people on usafacts.org. And this is a website where his goal is to provide accurate information, nonpartisan, okay. just pulling public information from government entities and putting it all together and having a uh, a pleasant way to interact with this data. Okay. Because there's other sources like Wolfram Alpha that yeah. we've talked about before, but it's very stuffy and just kind of data, data, data. This site is uh, encourages you to compare data, come up with graphs and do a lot of fun stuff with it. Um, I, there are some people out there who heard graph and fun stuff and are like, it does not compute. That does yes. not. Well, like and I, I love data and I love facts. And so this is something that uh, we definitely need more of because there's plenty of non-facts out there. So it's good to be able to look. I think they're calling them alternative facts. Yes. Uh, but this is the most nonpartisan podcast on the internet tech podcast yeah, on the internet most nonpartisan tech podcast on the internet and you're correct and thank you for bringing that up nate yes so let's move on yes .org. um like it says there are 214 million licensed drivers in the united states of america hmm. and half of those can drive yes boom boom uh, another quick story, w- one that is definitely not free. I don't know if we brought this up before, but there was, I believe it was a Kickstarter originally, or they just got a lot of investors, and it was called the Juicero. Now, the idea behind this was it was the juice version of the Keurig. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So you paid, I think it was $35 a month, a week, $35 <laughs> a week. To get your juice subscription, they would I send do these not pouches. Like this. No, this is terrible. People actually did this. Yes, and so the original machine was selling for seven hundred dollars. Yowza! And then you put the pouch in, and it would produce your juice. And so they've lowered the price to four hundred dollars. But then, what a steal! Some uh, journalist found out that you can, when you get the packs. Mm-hmm. You can just squeeze them with your hands into a cup. You don't need the four hundred dollar machine. 
Like the $400 machine like just, is completely useless. It just pokes a hole in it and squirts it yeah, out. Yeah, it's basically like a Capri Sun with actually good stuff in it. So you just <laughs> squeeze and then your juice comes out into a cup and you can do the exact same thing as this expensive machine. Uh, so one of the takes that I heard on it is they raised millions and millions of dollars of funding before they even built the thing. Yeah. So this is actually a case where they over-designed their product. <laughs> Because they had too much money of it. Because everybody was like, everybody loves Keurig. Everybody yeah. loves juice. So, so they Let's put pour fins. a ton of money into this. Yeah, so you're putting your you know, <laughs> chrome <in>. and <laughs> all, all kinds stuff. of crazy stuff. And so they secured all this funding. They did some 3D, 3D printed renderings and mm -hmm. stuff originally. And so then they just meticulously designed the perfect machine. They should have made a rocket company with all this money. Way over designed. Yeah, they could have gone to the moon for the same price as creating this juice machine. But uh, it sounds like basically over this last week is kind of a lot of this information um, is coming out that it's just uh, this company is not long for, you know, maybe they'll re come around and say, hey, we've got a $35 a week juice subscription. And you don't need to buy this dang machine. machine. Uh, so but honestly, can't you just go to the store and buy juice? Why? But it, there was they had all the talking points for why this was better than going to the store. It was the best <laughs> ingredients. It was super fresh. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where people bought on bought into the hype, and now there's going to be a lot of investors that we've, are going to need hit, to find a better investment. We've hit peak money. Yes. There are people are are so wealthy now and have so much resources that we we don't have things to spend it on and we have to invent really crazy things that are expensive. Yeah. So I know that's not everybody but as far as the world is concerned it's uh, well, yeah, an investment. There's like 80% 80% of the world is out of poverty now, yeah. above the poverty line and we're so wealthy, we're just inventing new things to do. So not that that's not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. It's just that I wish I could think of ways to separate people from their money. Yes, at, at a, at a large, investors. large amount. Uh, we could make a, a juice machine where you don't have to have the mess of the juice. Uh, security question or security question? Security story I thought was interesting this week. I saw an article from the EFF, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, right. who does a lot of. Uh, just legal work and promotion of safe technology. They came out with a story talking about Chromebooks. Chromebooks, mm. the very low-cost laptops that only run Chrome, Google Chrome. Right. They have been going crazy in schools. Yep. Because they're cheap, and they're easy to use. I kind of want one. I I have thought about buying them, and I think we brought that up. But there is absolutely no reason that I need one. I would I would use it. Why would you you have a laptop that is smaller than a Chromebook? It's not touchscreen. Well, not all Chromebooks are either. But well, the one that I would get would be, yes. or I wouldn't get one. Yes. Anyways, the report that came out is saying that these Chromebooks, mm -hmm. of course, because they're so cheap, they have to make money somehow. They're taking all the information <laughs> about these children that are using them and selling it for advertising and selling the data. Oh, so, boy. That's not cool. No, on, it's Google. not. But uh, it's a good reminder that... Uh, when the service is free, you're the product. Yes. And so 
And they, they've had issues with this before, but they have found out again that it's still spying on these grade school students you to th- get all this data. You think Google would not even mess around with this because they're going to lose a lot of customers. Well, and I wonder if it's all, if it would boil down to third party Chromebooks having stuff oh, added onto it. Like I wonder if that's, and yeah. HP and all Because that's usually where, um, but you would, yes. But you would think that Google would have a way to keep this stuff locked down so that um, we, we weren't running into this because that's not, that's not what our educational system should be used for and it's not what this technology should be used yep. for. Yep. But using technology better, Dave, it is time for your iOS tip of the week. Well, my tip of the week comes right hot. I mean, this is landing just now. This is fresh. Fresh. This fresh is a tips. fresh tip. So my daughter uh, was talking to me today about her woes. She purchased an iPhone 6 off of Craigslist or something uh, a few weeks ago. So it's very new to her. Yes. And she's like, it's been working flawless. It's great. It's a great phone. And she was at school today doing something. And she had to tell me what she was using it for so that I wouldn't assume that she was playing with her phone. She was doing some had to use a calculator for something, <laughs> whatever. So she turned it on and it kind of like froze. And then she'd like would try to swipe down to get the little panel to come down and swipe up. It was not coming on. She tried to hold down the power button. The reset thing was not coming on. It was just frozen. And she said it was like that for like three minutes. And then all of a sudden it just woke back up. And did all the things. It remembered all the swipes and it did all oh, these crazy wow. things and caught back up to her. But she was just like, that was weird. I, I don't know how to fix it. It's like it was stuck. I couldn't do anything. I was like, hold on. There's one thing you didn't do. Yes. And this is the iOS tip of the week. If you ever have an iOS device that seems is seemingly stuck or broken or crashed or whatever and you can't restart it, the trick is to hold down simultaneously the power button and the home button and you have to wait about six seconds and then the device will completely shut off and reset and reboot it's a hard reboot to the system many people they try the power button and they hold it and they hold it and they hold it and they think that should fix the problem but if you include the home button it will every single time unless like the battery's dead or something like that, yeah. completely reset the device. So I showed her on my device what it looks like. She's like, hmm, I bet that would have worked. So that's my tip of the week. Very nice. simple, but I think a lot of people forget about yeah. that. I actually helped somebody avoid going to Apple with that same trick. She was having problems with her phone. She's had she's had to take it in to the Apple store a couple times and they've replaced it. I mm-hmm. think it's a 6S. Okay. And they've replaced it a couple times. So she's kind of like, oh, it's acting up again. I'm going to have to take it in. And so she was trying to boot it up and it would like the Apple logo would come on, but then it would just go black again. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, let me hold on to that. And I did the same thing, held mm-hmm. down both buttons for a while. It rebooted. And then I saw her a week or two later, just the other night. And she's like, yeah, I never had to go. After you did that, it was yeah. fine. So even as good as the iPhone is, every once in a while, it's just going to get boogered up and you just yep. need to give it a hard reset. There is no software that on earth that is perfect. Maybe yeah. maybe some of the software that sent man to the moon. Because um, there yeah, were... Yeah, if you believe that. Yeah, <laughs> come on now. So anyway, there's millions and millions of lines of code and it's inevitable. Something's going to yep. foul up. There's going to be some memory dump 
something, some error that happens. A third-party app's going to inject something in there. It's going to wreck it. So occasionally you're, you're going to have to do this. Yeah. So it's just a normal part of owning technology. True. I think we're going to move right into our picks of the week. Well, I don't know if you saw my pick of the week because it's not here on the list. I did not. But I'm ready to talk about it. Talk away. And I think if we have talked about it before, it's been a long time. But Oh, yes. I you was, were talking about this to me yesterday. Yeah. I've been playing around with this app. I've had it for years. It's called Hipstamatic, and it is a cell phone camera type application. It converts your, your phone into this hip camera, hence yes. the uh, Hipstamatic. And for the longest time, the, the, the kind of shtick that they did was you had to take pictures through the application and apply these various filters. And they have filters by way of lenses and filters by way of film. And then they have some flash filters as well. And they've got hundreds of them and you can use them in any combination. And the lenses give a certain effect and the films give a different effect and the flashes give a different effect. And you just kind of had to play around with these little recipes and figure out which ones looked best. My favorite feature is that you can shake the phone and it'll randomize mm. which lens, film, and if you so choose, flash, that it will put on the image. And then I just shake it again and then use another, take another picture and use another combination. Well, recently they've been upgrading and they held out for years and years and years to where you could not load pre-taken photos. You had to take the photos through the app. Yeah. And once the filter was applied, you couldn't change it. it. You were stuck. Now you had the option of taking two pictures, the original oh, and the filtered, right. that. It, but yeah. that was a feature that came out later still. Well, they finally relinquished control and just gave up. So now it's like a filter app type thing. Now you can take a photo in any application or with the built-in phone, load it in a hipstamatic, apply all the filters. You can look at them ahead of time. You can scroll through all the filters and say, yes, 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 no, no, no. Hit save. And then it applies the filters. Then you can even go back and change them if you, if you so choose. So now that it's got this functionality and I don't even know when they release this functionality, I've just been playing with it recently. Uh, it could have been months or years ago, no idea, but I've had a lot of fun going back and revisiting all these filters that I purchased over the years. So the way it works is the app is, I don't know, 99 cents, two ninety nine, two ninety nine, a couple bucks. And then you get a couple of films and, and lenses with the purchase, but you can, they have in-app purchases for other lenses and other films. And I don't know how they keep coming up with these lenses. You'd think they'd run out of filters. You would think so. But there was a pack that was out the other day. It was two ninety nine, and it had, I don't know, four or five lenses and four or five films. And I didn't have any of them. So I just purchased it because it's cheaper to buy them in those bundles. And I've just been playing around with it. It's been really fun. So Hipstamatic. Hipstamatic. And they actually say, I'm looking at the iTunes information, uh, $2.99, like I said. And then they have all the, you know, most of them are 99 cents for a pack, Hipsta pack. Yeah, you get a lens, a film, and stuff. Yes. But they actually have the claim to fame, because I, I said to you yesterday, they had to be one of the first camera apps, because mm -hmm. I remember using it way back. Oh, yeah. They were Apple's original app of the year. Oh, okay. So the first year of the App Store, 2008, so it was probably in 2009, they won Apple's App of the Year. 
Um, and it is a lot of fun. I used to use it a lot, but mm-hmm. then I went away from it because Instagram it was kind of, and, it was a chore to take yeah. the picture in there and then have to try to do it all. Like I've said, I like opening the camera app, taking the picture and then modifying later if yeah. I want to. So now you can do that with uh, Hipstamatic. And yeah. they are, one of the things I love about them, they might also have the claim to fame of the highest version number <laughs> in the app store. They are, are they on currently on version 335. Yeah. So most apps will go like the point releases and stuff. They just go full number every single time. Well, they've, they've started a little disclaimer on that. They started out since they're like a photo, uh, they're supposed to be like a camera. So I think yes. they started at version 100 uh, okay. and then they did like 120 and 150 and then like, Two, version 200 yes. was 2.0. So they haven't done 300 different versions. So I just wanted to say that. But they also have a service. I mean, it goes on and on. They have a service that you can print photos and have them shipped to you f- with the hypsomatic photos that you take uh. with their app. So that's kind of a neat feature. They have a magazine. It's an online magazine, a PDF, that is it's like a photography magazine. Oh, I remember that. Man, yeah. and bring I, back all kinds of memories. I they, didn't know this was last week's episode all of a sudden. Yeah. No, it's still going on. You can still download the magazine, subscribe to it. It's free. It gives you a lot of tips, and it, sh- it featured different artists who use their application and filters. And sometimes the filters are named after famous photographers, and they'll interview those photographers and ask them how they, they are using the filter that's named after them. So fun stuff like that. And if that was not enough... Now what would you pay? They have a secondary app called Oogle, O-G-G-L, and it's more of a social social sharing type mm. um, application. You can import all the filters that you purchase through Hipstamatic and still apply those, but it's for like um, setting up a group and you and your friends go out on a camping trip and you're all taking photos and they show up in the same Oogle type service that type of uh, photo sharing thing has been done a million times. Apple even, you can even do it with, with yeah. iCloud. So anyway, Hipstamatic, check them out. The company is Hipstamatic LLC. So the company and the app are one and the same. Nice. Okay. My pick of the week is a website. And I've been following this website. I It's one of the uh, websites I have in my uh, Feedly that I've talked about before where I keep track of blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. It shows me all the posts. It's in my top group, the stuff that I always make sure I check. Right. Uh, I often will go through Sunday or Monday before the show to make sure I don't miss any big stories, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. This one is called um, kotki.org. Is that how you pronounce it? That's how I pronounce it. Yes, that is, how I, that is how I just pronounced it. How do you pronounce it? Kotake.org. Oh, no. Is it Japanese? I don't know. It is not. We just lost all of our Japanese yes. listeners. Uh, so Kotki, it's K-O-T-T-K-E dot org. Founded in 1998, it is the project of Jason Kotki. Oh, it's his last name. Of yes, course. It is his last name. And he, I haven't looked into it a lot, but we must have somewhat similar, be about the same age and stuff. He just posts, it's kind of like some of the tech, uh, like Daring Fireball, the mm-hmm. tech blog that I like that covers a lot of Apple stuff. But he covers a wide range of things um, from art to technology, science, uh, design, food, sports, and just kind of picks the best of what's going on. Really interesting stuff. Um, but I 
we seem to be on the very same wavelength a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Like he'll just post this video and it's like, this is so cool. And I'm actually kind of giving away one of my secrets because a lot of my great <laughs> Facebook posts, like videos and stuff I post, yeah. is usually from kotki.org. Uh, like some of the mountain biking videos, just these really extreme things. He does, he is m much more partisan than we are on mm -hmm. some of the posts. And, you know, some of the, that you're going to agree with, some you're not. But uh, if you agree with everything somebody says, uh, marry them. Um, <laughs> actually, but, don't, because then what a boring life. Yes. But he is actually, this last week, the reason I decided to choose it this week he has been putting out to all of his readers, which he has, I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of thousands, tons of readers. Lots. And he's been asking for just kind of the most useful stuff, just the best stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the ones... The best of the web. Type yeah, of I'll link to it. It was like, what's your like go-to viral video? Like, what's your favorite thing on the internet? Mm -hmm. um, but this post that I'm going to link to and the one that I uh, really made me decide was just kind of the best useful tools and sites on the web. Uh, so it's, you know, like thesaurus.com. Mm -hmm. That is a great tool. I used it the other day. Yeah, I use it quite often. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff on here that I don't know. So I want to get into some of this stuff. And I obviously we don't have time to go through it all. But uh, it's just a great blog to follow where it's not, it's definitely not all uh, technology like his most recent one was the work of photographer Jacques Henri Lartigue. Mm -hmm. um, now who's doing accents? <laughs> yeah. um, but a lot of historical stuff. So this looks like some really fun old uh, kind of quirky French photos. Uh, and then the next one is "Don't Deep Fry Noki." And I'm actually watching that video right now. Um, and they're exploding. Oh, did I give it away? <laughs> I don't. I haven't watched that one yet. They're popping uh, like I popcorn. I do love some Noki. But it's, it's a great way to kind of keep up with some interesting stuff uh, because there is so much non-interesting stuff. Yeah. I did look and see he does. It does look like he posts everything to Facebook or Twitter so you could follow him that way if you don't want to use Feedly, if you don't follow a lot of websites. So then I would you just could go to his blog posts. and watch it there. Yeah, but then you have to remember to go to somebody's website, which I try to avoid like the plague. Um, <laughs> I do not go Except for websites. those of you who need to come to notnerd.com. Well, if you see something on Facebook, but Purveyor. and some of you, I'm sure, like, oh, I'm going to go see what's on Not Nerd. But for the most part... I find it much better to have the information come to me because there is so much of it. And I will give you a pro tip on Facebook. This is something that I use for a couple different people and mm -hmm. sites. And I, we probably mentioned it before, but like I just clicked on the cockkey.org Facebook link from his website and I'm looking there and I actually have not liked it yet because I go check the blog, but I'm going to hit liked and then if I go under following on his page, there's a couple different options there. And okay. that says in your newsfeed, you can unfollow. So you can like a page and not actually follow it. So if you don't want to ever see posts from it, there's the default, which is kind of goes on Facebook's algorithm. Then the other option is see first. Mm. So something like Kaki or Not Nerd, this would be a great thing to do with Not Nerd, where it's not Absolutely. a million posts a day. 
you put the C first. <laughs> quite, quite the opposite. In fact. <laughs> Not a million posts ever, but put that C first on there. So then when you go to your Facebook feed, you're seeing a couple things, you know, that are good before you start getting into political videos and people's rants and questionable posts about trying to figure out what's going on in their lives. You know, you, that's something you don't want to turn on for everything or else you're just going to have way too much. But he might be one that I would consider doing it for uh, just because there is some good stuff. But just fun internet stuff. It's it's hard to find the good stuff on the internet. And he seems to do, he's made a living mm-hmm. off of uh, doing this. He does memberships on his site so you can actually pay to be a part. And I, don't, I forget what extra you get or if you just get a pat on the back. Yeah, but, being being a content aggregator is, with all this information out there, Somebody's got to do it. So if you can find a niche that you want to aggregate content, um, you might have a business yes. that you could do. So he's got he's got some options for his membership. Patron, $30 level. For pennies a day, you can become one of Kotke's, Kotke.org's thousand true fans. Please don't make me have to start a rambling two-hour podcast. I've got a voice built for text. Nice. Uh, like a face built for radio. Something to check out. There's some great stuff out there on the internet, and that's why we do the Not Nerd Podcast, because technology can be pretty wonderful if we use it correctly. Yes, our goal is to help you tech better as we muddle through this thing called the webs. Yes. With that, we're going to wrap up Episode 72 of the Not Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening.